This is the B-List Daily on the new 105.5 Sports Live from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios in Auburn. My name is Aaron Morse, filling in for Maddie B on this Tuesday morning. Happy to have the head coach of the Bates men's basketball team, John Furbush, with us in studio. The Bobcats coming off a 1-1 one one NASCAC weekend. Fell to number 25 nationally ranked Wesleyan 85-75 on Friday before beating Connecticut College 76-59 on Saturday. And then another week of practice coming up before they hit the road at Hamilton, at Hamilton and then at Amherst this upcoming weekend. And, Coach, first of all, uh, Nick Lynch, your senior captain, your center, um, 26 points on Friday and then 20 on Saturday. The 26 was a career high. Hit his first career three. I know it was kind of a desperation <laughs> time, but did it, did it nonetheless. Uh, tell us about his development with that mid-range game and his jumper because it's been pretty remarkable, I think. Yeah, he's he's playing his best basketball at the right time. He um, <clears throat> a lot of the shots he takes in practice are those mid-range shots. He's I'm not going to tell you that he's not a back to the basket post player, but uh, he's able to stretch you know the opposing big guys well away from the basket and make contested mid-range shots. And we've we've you know at first we're like is that a good shot? But now the percentage he's shooting at like we're going to sign up for those every single game because he's just making it consistently. So um he's put a lot of work into that the last couple of years in practice and now shown in the games for sure i feel like he's aggressive he has, just has no fear to take that shot when it's there none yeah. none and, and we've i think we've um managed that a little bit better there were times when you know earlier last year when he was a junior even though he was really only a freshman because he was hurt for the first two years right where he he would catch it and not even be squared at the hoop and just it would just go up yeah and we were like oh like we got to we we gotta get your hands and feet set, man, before you start doing that. But he still makes those shots, and he's he's just a he's a unique matchup. But now a lot of his like shot prep we've we've corrected in practice so that in games, uh, it just it just at least looks a little bit better, even though the result has been pretty consistent for two years. Coach, that Wesleyan game, you you warned us. I don't I'm not sure it was off the air or on the air. You warned us about Austin Hutcherson and what he does, <laughs> and now we all witnessed it. I guess right. Yeah, he uh, that, and it it really wasn't. Uh, I mean, he yeah he made some. Some shot. I think when he made you know eight threes in the second half, uh, but those were not created by him, himself. I think our zone did a really good job limiting him from being a playmaker. The problem was the ball. We allowed it to get to the middle of the floor way too easily, and he was on the right wing, and they just threw it to the middle, threw it to the wing. And he made like four in a row, which was not our game plan. In case you were watching that, it is not, not what the we're game plan. To do. No, um, but he made him too. Like at the end of the day, even if that was a shot out of their man offense, that he just got loose like you still have to make those shots and he made all of them so um and, and on top of that he he drove it through a floater in he had a big tip in like he wasn't just a catch and shoot three-point threat I mean he he showed us why I think he's an all-league player without question we talked uh last year about how even not even but how much parity there was in the conference just how any team could be any team on any night and this year it might be even more like that I mean, yeah. we saw Tufts beat Wesleyan. Yes. Colby beat Amherst and Hamilton. I mean, what are your thoughts on all these crazy results we've seen recently? Well, it definitely made our playoff picture a little bit more challenging with, with those recent games. It's cluttered. Uh, you have yeah, some tiebreakers to your favor. We do have some tiebreakers yeah. in our favor. You know, I think we got to pick up at least one this weekend and probably take one at Trinity right. if we can. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this, you know, Tufts was up 20 at half against Wesleyan. I did not see that coming. And then, and then Colby, I'm not surprised. I mean, they, they're a unique matchup. Um, I think what we learned after the first game playing Colby was that they want you to basically abandon ship on what you're running offensively and just try to post up their smaller guards. And they've done a really good job not allowing you to have a, a good positioning in the post. So, you know, I think both teams just 
totally fell out of what they were doing this past mm-hmm. weekend, and, and Colby took advantage of it. And if you don't close out long in their shooters, I mean, they can really get it going. So I'm not surprised by that, but, I mean, for them to win both games on the road, that's that's impressive. And then the Connecticut College game you guys won there on Saturday. Uh, what was the, you know, what, what do you say to your team, I guess, after the Wesleyan game? you know, in the locker room or whatever, and then before the con college game just to get them ready to go and to get what was another must-win, right, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly uh, felt that we played really well against Wesleyan. I thought we played hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're a very good defensive team, and the fact that we scored 75 points, I mean, I don't know if they had given up 75 in conference to that point. So I think we scored enough to win. Yeah. We just had a couple, uh, you know, miscommunication uh, possessions on defense, and they got loose and made shots. So I, I just said, you need to play with that energy inspiration tomorrow because now it is definitely a must-win situation and we knew con coming up was in a they're in a must-win situation as well and they typically play us tough i think their mentality is beat the three main teams and you know on paper those are the teams i think they think they can beat so we knew we were going to get their haymaking punch in the first five minutes um and i thought we handled that really well for sure and then so this upcoming week you've got what we mentioned before hamilton and amherst what are you seeing on tape from these teams they're both very, very good. Uh, uh, they're both big. They have, uh, I mean, Hamilton has an elite player in Kenneth Gilmore who can just mm-hmm. flat out score the ball. Um, and they p- start like, you know, six, five plus at each position Hamilton does. You know, they only have two losses. They're number 11 in the country for a reason. I think Colby, the, the best thing about, you know, having seen Colby, what they did against Hamilton like I think we have a similar kind of a blueprint yeah like yeah. what what they did to, to get nice. you know to, at least on on offense I mean we're not gonna you know we're gonna show I think a variety of defenses against Hamilton to keep them guessing so um, you know I think that they're they're talented but they're not unbeatable I think no. their record yeah. is in a lot of ways uh, indicative of, of their conference schedule I mean non-league scheduling mm-hmm. I mean it's hard for them I think to get good games because of their location yeah they're a little um, isolated there <laughs> they are they are and they, and they have some good teams that they play but i think they're also a team that maybe some of the um, state schools in new york don't want to play because they have that nescac you know uh image which is like you know why not play them they're a good team to play so yeah. they're going to be they're going to be a battle and i think that because of what colby did uh we're, they're going to be ready for us on friday knowing that we kind of have similar personnel to colby we have a four guard lineup uh and then amherst on saturday I mean, they got a 6'10 kid who really hurt us last year, and they have a 6'7 kid who's playing really good basketball. Uh, Amherst is a little different than they've been in the past. They typically have like three or four guys on the court that can just shoot the three at a very high level, uh, and they're playing a little bit more old school ball with with you know a power forward, a center, and even a small forward. So I think that we can speed them up a little bit and uh, and use our multiple defenses uh, to to keep them off balance. Coach, the one three one, and this um, I, I went to undergrad at Northwestern, and this was a constant topic of conversation because Bill Carmody would run the one three one zone defense, just like Bates is doing most of the time, or well, fair amount of time this year. Yeah. Um, you're basically you're kind of sacrificing rebounding for forcing turnovers, right? How much of a balance do you have to try to strike there, or do you think a balance is necessary to strike kind of between those two, or is it possible to, to rebound effectively out of the one three one? Yeah, we we, uh, we it's very possible oh, that yeah. the, the, the because you're guarding an area, it's hard to have a man. But we've talked about the slide that you have to make when a shot goes up. So the guy at the top of our zone, you are you're always going to the weak side elbow to try to find a guy crashing in from the weak side. Um, obviously, the the trickiest rebounding position is the wing, where 
if a shot comes up from the left wing and you're the right side wing, you're basically on the weak side of the rim, probably boxing out a big guy. And sometimes that's Thomas Coyne, who's not very big. <laughs> right. So we, we really try to emphasize box him out out of bounds. Mm. And so that if we get the rebound, we already have that advantage going the other way in the five-on-four situation. So we have given up a lot of rebounds the last couple of games, but we've also turned teams over oh, yeah. a lot. And, that, and we've scored on those turnovers, and that's the biggest thing is that we're not just turning teams over, but our points off turnovers are, are, are making it very difficult. Yeah, the Con College game, it was something crazy. Let me pull that up here. Points off turnovers. You guys had... You guys had 25 points off turnovers, and you caused 20 turnovers. Con College had zero points off turnovers and oh. only caused six turnovers. So you must be really happy with how your guards are possessing the ball on offense. Yes, yes. I mean, and the reality is, too, I mean, I mean, you saw the game. We left. I mean, I'm happy we won, but we left <laughs> a lot of points on the table in the first half mm -hmm. where, man, a couple layups. I mean, wide open threes with your hands and feet set. You know, I was joking with my guys. I'm like, I can't get you any more open than that. Man. You yeah. got you to make a couple guys. of those. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think we're valuing the ball, and that and that's going to really help as we go into the, the, the big weekends, these next two weekends, is like valuing each possession on offense and limiting the extra possessions that our 1-3-1 one, one has typically allowed uh, the last couple games. But I think it's been an effective defense for us, and um, especially we only had like a day and a half to prepare without Andrew Snoddy, who right. got mono. Right. So, you know, you have a 6-6 six, six long athletic hit at the top who now – isn't there? It's 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 been kind of tricky. But Cody, I mean, he's a uh, he's a special athlete. He yeah. did some things that were really good for us. Well, it's been Cody, it's been Jeff, it's been Nick. Those three have been scoring the ball a lot. It seems like I was going to ask about Snotty though. With him out, is it Cody Greenalds who has to step up, kind of to not replace Snotty, but you know fill in that hole a little bit? It's I think it's going to be. Uh, Appointment by committee type of thing. I think it could be, you know, could be a guy like Coin could fly into the rotation, you know, into a starting role. I think James Mortimer is another op option. You know, Max Hummel can step in. Um, but in terms of like in the start, the current starting lineup, yeah, I mean, Cody's going to have to do a, a few more things offensively, even though he already is. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, I think Jeff is really managing the game well. I think his numbers are, are fantastic. Um, and Nick Lynch, I mean, he's. He's a really tough matchup because he's he's a six seven center, but he, he's none of his shots are around the basket unless it's off some drive and, and dump down. So he's had a few nice follows on misses. I saw. Like yeah, he just ends. has no off yeah. button. I mean, yeah. he's just. I mean, Energy. you can't. If you don't turn to see if he's gonna crash, he's gonna he's gonna get it. You just you have to block him out. Otherwise, he's gonna get the rebound every time. I was gonna ask about um, Spellman because Jeff Spellman, he um, I feel like last year. Maybe it was my imagination, but it seemed like he was trying to force a lot of things. He felt I don't. He didn't say he felt pressure, but I, it looked like he might have felt pressure to, to kind of be the scoring threat. And this year, he he's still scoring, but he's also dishing out a lot of assists. Have you noticed that kind of change or evolution of his game a little bit? Yeah, last year he was he was ninety nine percent of the time he was playing off the ball, and this year we moved him over to the point guard position, mm -hmm. so that he, I think, when he got the ball last year off of some of our action, he felt obligated that oh, this is for me to score. Coach wants me to score. Yeah. And, uh, and I, yeah, I don't know if force was the word, but I think he was just trying to do the right thing for the team, whereas now he's our quarterback, he's our guy, and I think he's, he's, he showed that he can have games where he only takes eight shots but gets 15 points, eight assists, seven rebounds. He's really rebounding the ball well. And, and the reason I like him at the point guard is that, at least when we were playing man-to-man, -man, he usually has a free run and a rebound. He's one of our best athletes, so, so he's able to just clean up the glass. Excellent. And again, the Bobcats are on the road this Friday and Saturday, home 
Tuesday the 5th against Maine Farmington. Two more home games during the regular season. Maine Farmington on Tuesday the 5th, and then on February 11th, home against Southern Maine, a game that got rescheduled. I want to ask about your student assistant coach. I interviewed him for the Bobcast this week, um, Nick, uh, and he, he – I didn't realize he was a student assistant originally because he, he he brings it every game like <laughs> uh, like he belongs the full-time guy. Yeah. What, what does he bring to the bring to the bench as one of the coaches? Uh, Nick, Nick, so Nick played for a year, yeah. and um, and then he got hurt and just made a decision that he wanted to try to, to be involved but just knew physically it wasn't a good decision for him. But he – I mean, he's got a really high basketball IQ. He is tough. Not fake tough, not kind of tough. He is straight up tough. And I think uh, what he brings to the table, and he walks a really fine line because that's a hard thing to do when you're roommates with someone on the team, but you're also in a authority type figure. Uh, But he does that really well, you know, and and, um, I think the things that he he says uh, are legitimate and the guys listen. And I I include him on our coaches' meetings, you know, at halftime and postgame and even in in the pregame. So... Uh, I really value his opinion and what he thinks, and he and he again, he's he's not going to tell me too much. Like there's things I probably don't need to know, <laughs> and he keeps that. But he, there's things that I probably do need to know, and he's able to communicate that in a way where he doesn't jeopardize his integrity True. with his teammates. Have you had a student assistant before in your career? I have uh, yeah. a kid by the name of B.J. Dunn, who uh, he's now the head coach at Gettysburg. Oh, nice. He was head coach at Vassar for a while, and now he's at Gettysburg. So he. Um, you have a coaching tree now. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, yeah. I have, a, yeah, a handful of guys out there. Eleven yeah, is years Nick, in. Is Nick a guy that might look to coach in the future or not? I, th- I think he's he he uh, he's fifty fifty on it. He worked he worked a couple like camps this summer. And just I said, hey, you got to start building your coaching network, and you got these are the camps you got to go to. And I think he's the problem with Nick is that he's a really bright kid. He's into economics. Like he's gonna be able to like have a job that's gonna pay a lot more yeah. coaching. <laughs> You know, so he, it's, he's got to find yeah. that, like, is my passion in the coaching world and am I going to make a financial sacrifice? or A lot more than even if he was, know. like, a coach at the top level of the game, right? If yeah. Finance, I mean. I, mean, I think <laughs> I think his his dream job would be to be in the NBA, like, you know, in, in a GM type of position, you know, some, yeah. something like that. Um, so, like, I think he's trying to get that background in the in the sure. business side of things and then, and then hopefully have enough, you know, uh, connections within basketball to, to start that route yeah what what advice would you give someone if they came to you saying I want to get into coaching uh, my advice now would probably be different than 10 years ago uh-huh. I think the, I think people have to be realistic that it's a very hard business to crack right now um, I think so many people want to be part of it because it's so fun uh, but the reality is there's a lot of people that financially can only do what they do for so long and it's a fine line between I want to do this and I can take some chances and then as you get older and if you add people in your life you know from a family standpoint there's a threshold where you can only make so much money and and to have a side job as well is tricky because then you you're you're not fully involved in the recruiting process so you know this is more particular to college level coaching yeah um, but I think it's something that if if you're gonna do it you have to do it the second you graduate I think it's hard to take some time off because every head coach and myself included, you know, I want to hire somebody that has experience and has recruited before because the reality is in Division Three, you don't get you don't get to hold on to assistants very long. So by the time you really groom them, they're gone and you got to start teaching someone new. And the last thing I want to do is have to like start from the bottom and and teach somebody. Although I would if there was the right candidate, but it's it's yeah. it's it, I think the realistic thing is that you got to know it, it may not be. An option after a couple of years. 
it's a hard thing to get into. Well, I know your assistants when I first got to Bates, Sam and Josh, what are they up to now? So Sam, uh, after he left Bates, went to Dartmouth. He was an assistant there, and now he's an assistant at Franklin Pierce Division II in New Hampshire. Hmm. Uh, Josh is the uh, varsity uh, girls assistant at Lewiston right now. and he, he So Sam wanted the college route, so he's trying to just get every level that he possibly can. And yeah. Josh... Josh's aspirations, uh, at least when he when he left last, he wanted to be a high school, a boys' high school coach in mm-hmm. Maine, and so he felt that he had had some interviews for some jobs in Maine uh, when he was an assistant for me, and 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 I don't know if they felt that because he didn't have enough high school experience, he wasn't somebody that uh, you know they'd hire. But I was like, man, this, this guy's really good. I think he'd be a great high school coach. So now he's getting some experience at the high school level on the girls' side, which hopefully will get you know get him some more marketability when the job opens up. A couple up. doors. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of your current assistants is also one of our assistant athletic directors, Tommy Verdell, and he has head coaching experience. Is it nice to have an assistant coach who has that head coaching experience? Oh. Or, uh, sometimes I know he, he 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 had to hold you back from the refs. I saw that one game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a little animated on Saturday. It was a, it was a tough call. He was but... like Sean McVay's holding back guy. Have you seen that video? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah he, no, having Tommy, is it's uh, I'm really lucky. He's um, he's passionate. I know he's that. Passionate. Yeah. He's passionate. He's uh, – I mean, what he knows about the game of basketball from an X's and O's standpoint is unbelievable. Um, you know, I, I won't have somebody like him ever again, I don't think. Mm. You know, I, I would be lucky unless there was some sort of crazy financial situation where I'm able to get, like, an associate head coach, which I think is far-fetched. But, he's yeah, he's uh, you know, he's got head coaching experience. He's coached at all the levels, you know, uh, imaginable. And, and um, the, our guys love him. You know, and and he he so he understands what it's like to you know sit in the chair I sit in. So there's that example on Saturday when I actually ran the right way. I didn't run towards the ref. I ran the opposite way. Just out like, of the court though. Was yeah, funny. I was I was I didn't realize how far out until I watched the film. I was like, oh boy, yeah, I maybe have warranted a technical foul there, but uh, lucky. Did you get one? I did not get one. Oop. So I I kind of thought like you know what maybe he thought I was Sometimes right. Sometimes you need one, by the way. You do. You I do. was like, I was almost, I was trying not to laugh on the broadcast because, like, yeah. I was looking over at you guys after that happened. Well, the worst part is that, it, so we, it was coaches versus cancer weekend, so we wore sneakers oh, for yeah. awareness, and yeah. like, man, the grips of my shoes, I would like, I started going, and I was like, oh, I'm going, like, I'm fast. I might get to like, you know, Jason's right. office in the lobby here if right. I keep going, but <laughs> yeah. So obviously, the the big month of home games is. Now, unfortunately, concluded. So you're hitting the road again. I mean, what did you learn from those early, you know, tough road games, non-conference? I mean, is the team totally just different now, and it's not really uh, applicable from what happened earlier, or, or some lessons learned there, perhaps? I think a lot of lessons learned. I, yeah. You know, the experience is the best teacher. Uh, I think the tricky part was that, and we were just joking about this yesterday, that we just never had the same group of guys in practice or in games in the first semester. So mm. our continuity was just off. But I think what they learned was that. You can't take possessions off and expect to beat good teams, and and we didn't we didn't play any teams that were bad. Like I think our non league schedule was was really really good, um, but we're a different team now. And and what I had been saying during that dark stretch, I think we lost eight in a row, was that I genuinely believe in this team, and and I'm having as fun a year as I've ever had coaching because now these guys are starting to believe in themselves and each other. They like they know that they can go down and win both games this weekend. And they really believe that. And, and that is a huge difference from where we were in December, you know, mm. and, and, uh, and it just took a little bit more of like work, film, belief, hope. Uh, but I think these guys have the, the right mentality now. And, and I was really concerned going into yesterday's practice, knowing that 
you have a good win on a senior day, and then you have four days of practice where it, it can just get, you know, we try to be creative to keep people engaged, but I was really concerned, like, man, this is this is like a, this could be a bad practice today. And, the, man, the guys brought it, and it was it was a really good start to our week. So I think that they've learned now, like, you can't have any bad days. And our seniors are great. Like, they know this is it. You know, the, the hourglass, the sand's coming down, and you've got to live in the moment and enjoy what you have while you do. I, I told somebody this story one time that when I coached high school football, um, you, you know that's coming, you know. It's one of those weeks where, you know, the other team isn't very good. You know, we should beat them, and we're just flat. And <laughs> the difference in the sports is I could say to one of my captains, because I had one kid that he was the, the leader of the team no matter what. I mean, he was the guy. He was our best player, and he was nasty tough. And I would say, cheap shot Roy in the next drill, will you? you know? <laughs> and he'd take, not not something to hurt him, but either a little bit late or something, and Roy would jump up like, what? You know, it just, I mean, now he's wound, and you could feel the whole team go, whoa, there's electricity here. And the rest of the practice, the coaches, we go back to the coach's office and just say, oh, my God, that is, that's so bad. <laughs> but it worked. You got to, yeah, you it know. It worked. You got to do whatever you got to do. I mean, I would never hurt anybody or demean him or whatever but all I had to say to this kid Andre was Andre take a cheap shot on Roy or hit him late or something and get everybody wound up yeah that's smart <laughs> we, we mixed the teams up yesterday that was the thing is that you know it can be easy to put like your top six against you know the next six but what we did was we mixed the teams up so guys started playing with guys they haven't maybe played with in a couple weeks take it and to pay just, attention yeah and it just you know and you're now you're talking because we were running some zone defense and nice. you're in positions you haven't been in before so you go from the wing to the warrior to the top, and, and guys were just, you know, we forced them to really get out of their comfort zone, which Well, which and really they realize us. what the other guys are going through. We, we used yeah. to do that, have to change positions once in a while, you could say, because the linemen always saying, oh, I don't understand why you can't throw the ball. It's like, hey, come here, man. We're going to snap the ball to you. You go ahead and find the receivers while these guys are growling and coming in on you, and they, they're looking around just throwing it out, and it's like, yeah, case closed. Thank right. you very much. Right. <laughs> Well, Coach, any other thoughts on this upcoming weekend and obviously a, a massive one late in the NASPAC schedule? Yeah, we, I mean, we got we to gotta play with the urgency that we just played with this past weekend, um, you know, for 80 minutes. And there's no reason that we can't win both, uh, minimally one out of two. And I think the guys know, you know, given that Colby just won two games, mm -hmm. that we, they were basically behind us and now they're tied with us. Uh, in the standings, so the, the the water got a lot more muddy, yeah. and so we have to to, to to win one of these two games. And I think, uh, like I've done all season long, we're just going to put all our eggs into Friday and worry about Saturday mm -hmm. on Saturday, which is making me think twice about that because we've played way better on Saturday than <laughs> yeah. on Friday. And so, uh, you got, boy, that's a trip too in between. They're not across the street from each other. No, that's the other thing. No, no, we're we're leaving on Thursday after practice yeah. and, and and stay halfway in between. Uh, we're gonna miss our classes Friday anyway, so I'm just like, mm. let's get out and break the trip up. Um, but I think you know, I think this is a this is a weekend where we can really secure our, our fate in the playoffs. You know, we win both. I don't think there's a mathematical way that we don't get in. Right. And so the guys know that we don't have to be rooting for other teams right now for like, oh, this team needs yeah. to get that team. Let's just focus on what we can do and let the chips fall where they may. All right. He's the head coach of the Bates men's basketball team. Two road games this weekend, but if you want to check them out, Alumni Gym, they're home Tuesday, February 5th against Maine Farmington at 7 o'clock. John Furbush, thanks so much for joining us here on the B-List. Thanks, guys.